You don't even know what happened. You got to get in the word of God. You got to ask yourself, you know, how prepared are you for battle? Because there's going to be one. Anybody noticed? There's going to be some warfare, going to be some fighting. But great victory demands great battle. We're not all freaked out because life's going to be hard. That just happens. Jesus said in this world, there's going to be tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. If you're in Christ, you are a world overcomer. Amen. Yeah, I said, if you are in Christ, you are a world overcomer. No weapon formed against you can prosper, but every tongue that speaks out against you, you can condemn. For this is the heritage of the children of the living God, saith the Lord. You've got what it takes to win. You have what it takes to succeed. You can do it. Right? I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that's going to come my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. Where's that coming from? It's from the Word. I feed on the Word of God. I'm, I'm getting God's Word inside of me and, and planting that seed in the fertile soil of my heart. I'm not going one week at a time. Looking for an amen here. Some of you guys are making me nervous. You, you, you know what? Uh, you, you don't feed your physical body once a week. You, you, you gotta, if we're going to be led by the Spirit, then we've got to get that Spirit strong. Remember the Bible? It says uh, the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right? Well, actually, you know, everybody thinks that's a, you know, that, that, that's a down negative. Uh, you know. No, this is good news. Your flesh is actually weak. You can kill it. In other words, this isn't that hard. You're trying, to, you're trying to annihilate the flesh in your life. It's not that hard. All you've got to do is get in the book. Right? Spirit's willing. So the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has now quickened your mortal body. And the flesh really isn't that big of a problem. You've got to quit acting like that's some huge ordeal. No, it ain't. The flesh is weak. God's word is powerful. It will not return into him void without accomplishing the purpose that for which he sent it forth to accomplish. Come on, guys. You got to look at this right now. My flesh is weak, so I'm going to kick its hiney. Amen. You ready to do it tonight? Let's stand together one more time. Hold your Bible up. We're going to make a confession together. Amen. Well, we've been standing a long time. Not as long as me. You can do it. Look at your neighbor. Say, you can do it. Amen. Hold that Bible up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I will do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind and a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Give somebody a high five. Amen. Whack. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we, we got home plate tonight. Sackett's just going fishing. He told me to hurry. That always works. Amen. Open your Bible. Go to Matthew chapter 6. I want to just continue on living the life. Everybody say the life. Say it one more time. Say the life. We're not talking about a life. We're talking about the life. Right? Not a life. The life. Not, not, just, not just inhaling and exhaling. But... Literally stepping into the God life that Jesus came to connect us to. Remember? Thief came to kill, to steal, destroy. Jesus came that we might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Zoe life. God life. Jesus came to, with, a, with a purpose in mind. 
to change everything. So the life I now live, I, I live by faith. The life I now live, I now live the life, not a life, the life I now live. I'm living a life that's empowered by the Spirit of God Himself. I've got God's divine nature inside of me. You have God's divine nature inside of you. Don't buy into the lie that the enemy's telling you that you're, that you're weak and that you're defeated and that you're going under and that you don't have what it takes. Yes, you do. Come on, somebody. Yes, you do. And you, you live in the life. Amen. The life. We're, we're having some, we're not having some little minor changes. We're going to have radical Reformation. We're, we're going to allow God to get inside of us and literally change everything. The way we think, the way we feel, the way we make our choices. In other words, our soul is getting saved. Amen? See, you know, man's three parts, right? He's body, soul, and spirit. And what's happened is that until you're born again, the body rules. Your, your flesh it dominates your heart and it, makes, it influences your heart to make every decision that you make. And then your spirit's born again because now you're alive in Christ. And that spirit, now we're supposed to be living from the inside out. And that spirit needs to begin to dominate our soul so that we make different choices. We think different thoughts. We speak different words. But that, that spirit has hasn't uh, been allowed to rule, so the flesh has been out there. We're just, we're just used to relying on the flesh. Well, we've got to kill the flesh, and we've got to cause that spirit to come alive so that the spirit of God himself can begin to make our choices for us, so that we are being led by the spirit. Amen? You're going to be led by the spirit. You know, it's so funny because the, the, the average person is just scared to death if you bring up the word spirit. You know, we think everybody's going to get all ooky spooky and it's going to get weird in here. No, it's going to get powerful. Right? See, to be led by the flesh, to be carnally minded is death. That's separation. Romans 8, 6. To be carnally minded is death. You're going to be separated from God's plan for your life. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's zoe and prosperity physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally. This is what God has for you. And the fact is, is that to do what God's called his people to do, we've got to be led by the spirit because we ain't never going to do it in the flesh. If we live by the flesh, we're more invested in what we want than in what he wants. And herein lies the rub is that we are going to have to let ourselves. You know, we sang all about it tonight. You know, I lay down my everything. That's until you find out what it is you laying down. You know how many... Millions of people at, at uh, Billy Graham Crusades have walked down the aisle singing, I surrender all. And they didn't surrender nothing. You should be glad that I'm not God. Because if you came to me saying, I surrender all, I'd beat you to your house. I'd have a U-Haul truck and I'd load up everything you got. Because I know that before you get home, you're changing your mind. We need, we need to lay it all down. I said, we need to lay it all down. What it is, what it is, is is our value system has to have a shift. On what's most valuable to you and to I, we've got to change. We've got to begin to recognize that the very most precious thing we have is this life in Christ. That it, it is the most valuable possession I have. And instead of going after all the things that the world's seeking, I, and I know what comes up in your mind is that, well, does this mean I ain't ever going to get to go to Disney World? Well, God said, have and enjoy life. So, and He also said that He'd add all that stuff to you. 
So you, what you have to do is trust God. That He's actually going to cause His plan to unfold in your life. His plan is to prosper you, not to harm you. His plan is to give you hope, not despair. His plan is to give you a future, not to remind you about your past. So we've got to learn to trust God and deal with the spirit of self-preservation that clings to us. Because we're making sure that we're taken care of. We're making sure that we get our way, that our rights are covered. Well, when you're born again, you don't have any. You don't have any rights. And don't shout me down just because I'm preaching good. Right? It, your, your plan, your hope, your dream, that dies. And thy will be done. But what if I don't like it? Tough. Now, I really believe that when you're walking in the, in the will of God, you're going you're gonna to love life. You, you're going like, to like insane provision. You know, growing up the way that I was raised and being in ministry, uh, all the years that we've been in ministry, we've seen a lot of people doing all kinds of things and, and, and suffering for Jesus. And that don't make any sense. It just, it just don't make any sense. Because if God's plan is to prosper me, if my life is not prospering, is it possible I'm outside of His plan? Well, no, people are against me. It, it don't make any difference who's against me. If God before me, who cares who's against me? Yeah, but people have spoken about me. Well, they spoke about Jesus, too. And they're probably going to speak about you again, especially while it's so effective. You know, the boys growing up when they were younger, it's probably still going on, but when they were younger, it was a lot worse. You know, and, 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 you know, Mom, Dad, you know, do you know what he said? And he touched me and he did this. And they only do that to get a reaction. And the minute you don't care anymore, it ain't no more fun. Right? And the enemy, he just comes at you, and if all it takes is accusation, if all it takes is some weird thought going through your head because it's been through some strange filter that you've, if that's all it takes, you're an easy target. I think all of us have moments where we're just easy targets. We just, we just get fuzzed up. Ever seen a cat when it gets all fuzzed up? Something starts irritating it. It gets fuzzed up. And a lot of us, that's how we're walking through life. We've got our Jesus t-shirt on, all fuzzed up. I'll be real. There are days I'm all fuzzed up. This stuff touches me. And, and I just, you know, I want to claw somebody. We have a cat. When you get to the house tonight, if the cat's on the stairs, don't reach through the bars and pet kitty. She sucks you in. She does. She sits there and she rubs up against the, the, you know, those posts going up the stairs and she gets you to reach in. And then when you ain't looking, she nails you. Devil's in that cat. Sometimes we're just like that. Devil's in us. Right. We get all fuzzed. Why? Because we're just easy targets. We're led by the flesh instead of by the spirit. Look at this in Matthew 6, 24, 25. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. For either he's going to hate the one and love the other, or he'll stand by and be devoted to the one and despise and be against the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Deceitful riches, money, possessions, or whatever is trusted in. Or whatever is trusted in. Or whatever is trusted in. We're, we're thinking that mammon is just about money. Notice anything else you put your trust in. 
Anything else you put your trust in. Mammon is, is, a, is a spirit. It's a, it's a personality. It, it, it's an identity that's doing all it can to separate you from crossing the threshold into victorious life. It has you consumed with yourself. Self-preservation. That, that, that's the backbone of the mammon mentality. Self-preservation. See, because you, you put your trust in God or in something else. And the enemy wants to do anything he can to keep us from really trusting God. When we start trusting God, I'm going to tell you that you're going to begin to have a paradigm shifts on a daily basis because stuff that you used to worry about, now you can't worry about because if you're trusting God, you, you can't worry and trust God at the same time. See, the, the enemy of trusting God is worry. Look, look at the next verse. Therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy. Stop being fuzzed up. Stop being anxious. Stop being worried about your life. Wrong life. See, the life I now live, it's not my life. My life. I have crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it's not I that live, but Christ who liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live in the body by faith in the Son who gave Himself for me. I walk in obedience to God because He loves me. I can trust God because of the love of God. And once I'm acquainted with the love of God, I don't have to worry about my life because I know that His love is going to take care of my life. He loves me. God loves me. You know, I don't know about you, but I know an awful lot about me. And knowing that God loves me, Moves me. Because I know me. You think you have trouble with me? If you, you don't even know everything about me. If you knew everything about me, you wouldn't even be here. And if I knew everything about you, I wouldn't even let you in. But the love of God reaches us wherever we are. No matter what we've gone through. No matter what the past is, it doesn't matter because he's got a future for you. And it's all because he loves you. Yeah, yeah, and all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It's the love of God that's going to position you to win and succeed. It's the love of God. God's love for you is going to cause you to be victorious in no matter what battle you face. It's the love of God that's going to cause you to walk in victory regardless. You're coming through the storm. You're going to make it because of the love of God. God loves you. We need to have just a, a collision with God's love. We need to let God love us. You're going to have to lay it all down. I lay down my everything. Because you gave everything. We've got to give it up. We've got to let it go. We've got to stop being uneasy, anxious, and worried. What we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to put on. Life is greater than food and the body is better than clothing. God's life, God life for you. Is so massive, you can't wrap your brain around it anyways. We're not going to get it. We're not going to understand all of it. But we have access to it. 
And we need to, by the love of God, receive what God has for us. Amen? We've got to get out of this mentality where, well, I'm going to take care of me. No, God's going to take care of me. The love of God is going to provide for me. The love of God is going to direct my steps. I'm going to listen to God because I know He loves me. And He's for me. And he is, He's carved out a path for me. And He is sending angels in front of me. And He's coming up behind me. And, and the Lord is on my side. Paul, or David said, I, I looked out in front of me and I, and I saw you there. I looked behind me and I saw you there. And right here where I'm at, I sense your presence, God. Think about it. You look back at the stuff that you thought was going to kill you. It didn't. Right? And it was the love of God that pulled you through. You look out in front of you and if you got any vision at all, you can see the love of God saying, come on. Come on. I will not die, but live and declare the goodness of my God. The enemy tries to, in your very present moment, tries to persuade you to forget how much God loves you. So that you won't trust him right now. Because right now is what's going to set up what's coming. Right now. Look at your neighbor and say right now. So what do we do? Well, number one, we've been through it, but we, we just got to we got to get it in our spirit. We got to We got to get it ground into us a little bit. You know, we, we've got to believe God. We got to believe God more than we believe any other report, more than we believe any other emotion. And be, 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 before before we we submit even to our physical feelings, we got to believe God first. I got to believe God. I've got to believe God. I've got to believe God. Let me tell you something about all the great people of faith and, and church history and starting in Bible days and coming up to the present time. Every one of them just simply believed God. Well, the way I see it, well, frankly, Scarlet. You know, I don't want to see stuff the way I see it. I want God's Word to be revealed to me, His voice. I don't just need the Word of God, I need a Word from God. I gotta, to, to really believe God, i got to have a relationship with God. And that's got to be more valuable to me than anything else. See, some of us, what's, what's most valuable? Well, we've we got to have the news. We've got to have the paper. Got to get to that Internet. No, God's Word's got to become the most precious thing that I possess. The most precious thing I've got is God's Word. So that I can learn to trust God. It's hard to trust God if you're not sure exactly what He said. I've got to trust God. Because he loves me. And I need to train my brain. i got to think right. Because if I don't think right, I'm not going to see right. If I don't see right, I'm not going to live right. So I've got to think right. Do you realize how many voices are speaking to you on a daily basis? One of the research companies said that the average individual in 2008... Think about technology and the advancements that we've had in the last couple of years. But in 2008, the average individual heard... 35,000 messages every single day. 
You hear a lot of stuff. Well, if you're not careful, you're going to believe some of it. And if you don't know what God's Word says, you might believe the wrong some of it. The average individual speaks 16,000 words per day. You've got a lot of stuff to say. So you better be saying what he says. But we can't say what he said unless we read what he said. I mean, think about it. In Romans, it says how they can't even get saved unless they hear. And they can't hear unless there's a preacher. And they can't be a preacher unless somebody's sent. Well, what's he going to preach? What he heard. So we, we've got to be in God's Word so we even know how to reach the lost. We need God's Word. And we got to, there, there might be a season in your life where you have to turn some of the other voices off. Don't look at your spouse right now. Just look straight ahead. You got to talk right. You got to agree with God. Use your words to agree with God's word. You got to be speaking God's word. What is the scripture that you're basing your life upon this week? What's the scripture that you're pulling into reality? What is what's God's word that's being developed in your heart so that as you go through the week, you know how to walk, you know how to live. You, you, you're 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 speaking it, you're quoting it, you're memorizing it, you, you, so that, so that it can come out of you. you. You do realize that you can't pull something out of the well that's not in there, but what's in the well will come up in the bucket. Right? So what comes out of you? When life shakes you, what comes out of you? Don't everybody answer it once. Life, life, life comes out of me. Double check it. We've got to get God's word in us so that when life shakes us, because it's going to, what comes out of us is God's word. Right? We've got to act we got to act like a bunch of believers, not a bunch of Corinthians. See, the church in Corinth, they didn't act right. They acted like everybody else in the world, people who were separated from God. You know what? What's wrong is that a lot of us, we're believers, but we just don't act like it. We act like the world. We act like people who don't know God. We act like the economy makes a difference. No, it doesn't. God's Word. We believe God's Word above the economy. Well, what about recession? We don't participate. The word recession means a response to a report given. Well, the report I've got doesn't say it's recession. God's plan is to prosper me. I can't act like I'm in the middle of a recession. I'm in the middle of prospering. I'm in the middle of increase. I'm in the middle of being blessed. Because to do what God's called me to do is going to demand a blessing. So, I don't care what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like. I'm believing God and I'm going to act like I believe God. Oh, somebody. Look at this in Romans 10, starting at verse 1. We're going to read it from the contemporary English version. It says, dear friends, my greatest wish and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. My greatest prayer is that people would be saved, that they would be rescued from the molestation of the enemy, that they would no longer be under the, 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 the depression that darkness is trying to suck them into. 
I know they love God, but they don't understand. I know they love God, but they just, they, they can't wrap their mind around this. They don't understand. Look at this next verse. They don't understand what makes people acceptable to Him. They love God, but they don't realize that to be acceptable to God, you've got to trust God. But they refuse to trust God. Have you ever wondered? Have you ever noticed? Has it even crossed your mind? Is your action today a demonstration of trust in God or a demonstration that you have not yet learned to trust God? I think we need to look at ourselves and determine that we're actually living a life that demonstrates trust. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I trust you. I got my hand in yours. Remember the scripture that says, uh, it's talking about the oxen that was taking the cart back, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant back, and they, they had the, 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 the kind, the cows tied up to it, and, and they, they had taken their, their calves and tied them at a post, and, and the Philistines were worried because they didn't want to mishandle the, you know, the, the ark, and, and they figured that if, if, they, if they take it back and leave their calves behind, then we know that's God. And it says that they went, or, yeah, that they, they started pulling the cart, lowing as they went. Lowing as they went. They didn't want to go, but they were going. They didn't know why they were going, but something in them had them going. Some days that's how we are. Lowing as we go in. But we're going, right? You know, this trusting God thing, it sounds easy. It looks good on paper. But some days, it's tough to trust God. Some days. You know, all my children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of my children. Some days, I can't even look at the kids. I just got to trust God. Right? God's plan is to prosper me. Dear Lord, don't look at the bank account. Just take another step. God's going to heal my body. <laughs> Lowing as we're going. But we're going. We're going to trust God. They don't understand what makes people acceptable to Him, so they refuse to trust God, and they try to be acceptable by obeying laws. Isn't it funny that it's easier to set out a, a, a checklist than it is to just put your life in the hands of God? Oh, if I just, you know, what am I doing wrong? Who says you're doing anything wrong? Well, I'm not, my prayers aren't being answered the way I'm praying. What is so? There's all kinds of stuff I'm praying about, and chances are God ain't going to do it my way. What am I doing wrong? That's the enemy trying to get you to think it's about you. Have I missed God? Were you shooting at it? We'd rather jump through fiery hoops than be still and know that he's God. Be still. That means take your hands off. Stop your activity. Quit trying to manipulate life. And let God direct life. Trust him. Trust him. Look at verse 4. Christ makes the law no longer necessary for those who become acceptable to God by faith. 
See, the rules and the regulations and all that stuff, that's not the issue when you're walking in obedience to God. Remember, faith isn't just believing regardless of the circumstance. It's obeying regardless of the consequence. See, the reason we struggle with our life of obedience is that we struggle in our ability to trust. But once we really begin to learn to trust God, it's not all that difficult to obey God. The, the issue isn't really obeying. The issue is trust. Because our heart is not evil. We're, we're really not against God. It's just we've been so beat up from the street up by life itself. We've been let down so many times. We've been wounded. And it's hard to trust when you're hurting. I mean, get real. It's just difficult to trust God. I want to with all my being. But there's still areas where I'm having to learn. Just trust. Just trust. Sometimes when I don't know what to do, I just shut up. I don't know. Maybe you've noticed. I have a tendency to say stupid stuff when I should be silent. There's something about silence that scares a Pentecostal. They'll get in a church service and it gets quiet and, geez, what's, somebody's in trouble or something. I've got to fill this up. No, 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 you know, we, we, no dead air space. We've got, we got to keep this bad boy moving. But sometimes all we need is a moment to just demonstrate trust. Amen? Because if we're not careful, we end up disqualifying ourselves. We're not acceptable to God when we don't trust Him. Because that trust, that lack of trust, again, that's where that spirit of self-preservation rises up. Now I've got to grapple with anger. Something's been taken from me, and bless God, I'm getting it back. Now I've got to wrestle with guilt, because I know I've made all these mistakes, and I've got to figure out some way to cover them up. Now, now it's where I've got to deal with jealousy because I look at you and I don't think it's fair that you got what I want. Now I've got, a, you know, I got all of this greed operating in my heart because I want to take care of me. Self-preservation. And the enemy runs through those open doors. The Bible says give no place to the enemy. The word place is position of effectual opportunity. Don't give the enemy a position of effectual opportunity in your life. Close those doors. Well, how do we do it? We learned last week, well, with anger, all i got to do is forgive. But forgiving means i got to trust God. Because I don't want to forgive. Somebody hurt me. Somebody said something. Somebody did something. I want it back. And if I forgive, that means I've got to trust that God is going to provide in my life. All I've got to do to deal with guilt? Confess. But I don't want to confess. Does that mean I have to trust God? That if everybody knew everything that I didn't want them to know, that God would still come through for me. I don't want to celebrate others in my life and deal with the jealousy because that would mean that I had to trust God that while I'm over there, if I celebrate them, does that mean I'm settling to not have the life that I think God has for me? I'm going to have to trust God. To live generously and to give, to break the back of greed, means I've got to trust God that if I let go, something else is going to come back to me. See, the issue really isn't obedience. We are all disobedient. But the root of that is that our trust 
is being challenged. We've got to learn to trust God. Well, how do I develop this trust in God? You know, there's a great verse in, in, in Isaiah. Did I give you one in Isaiah? That one. Look at this. You will guard him. It's God. God, you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace. Whose mind, both his inclination and his character, is stayed on you. Because he commits himself to you, he leans on you, and he hopes confidently in you. You will keep him in perfect peace. His mind is stayed on you. If we can learn to trust God, look what happens. Perfect peace. In the middle of life's raging storms. Perfect peace. Complete peace. Great peace. Psalms 119, verse 165. Great peace have those that love thy law. Nothing can even offend them, cause them to fall, stumble, quit, or fail. Great peace. See, how do we lose our trust, our ability to trust? Storms come. Life gets rough. The, 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 the waves come up. The wind begins to blow. How, 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 how did Peter, who was walking on water, begin to sink? He, he noticed the wind and the waves, and, and his shorts were getting wet. Well, he was already walking on water. He was under the impression that it's harder to walk on windy water than it is on calm water. So the storm comes, the cares come. Why? To challenge your trust. Why has this happened to me? Because your trust is being challenged. Your ability to just be confident, to commit yourself to Him. My life is in His hands. I want God's life, not my life. So I'm going to trust my life to His hands. I'm going to lean on Him, hope in Him. I'm going to believe in Him. And I'll have perfect peace because my mind ends up being stayed on Him. How do we get disqualified? We refuse to trust God. Look at Galatians 6, starting at verse 7. Don't be deceived. Do not be deceived. Does your Bible say that? Do not be deceived. Do you realize that that's not really a suggestion? Looks like a command. Do not be deceived. You know what that tells me is that deception is a choice. I can choose to not be deceived. God wouldn't tell me don't do this. If I had the ability to not do that. So don't allow yourself. Remember what James said? James said, be an active doer, not a forgetful hearer. Because if you're not a doer of the word, you'll deceive yourself. So don't be deceived. Don't be misled. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that and that only, is what he's going to reap. Look at verse 8. Don't be deceived. He who sows to his flesh is going to reap decay, ruin, and destruction. He who sows to the Spirit will, from the Spirit, reap eternal life. That's Zoe life. Look at that. If you sow to your flesh, it 
If you sow to your flesh, how do you do that? Well, by self-preservation. You end up separated from God. But if you have the ability to put your trust in God, that's sowing to your spirit. How do I know if I've heard God? Oh, you'll know. You've got to learn. You've got to train your ear. You can hear all kinds of stuff. You, you, you hear what you want to hear. So you've got to take time and train yourself to hear the Spirit of God. But as you begin to, to hear the Spirit of God, get comfortable with listening to the Spirit of God. Get outside the boundary that keeps you trapped where, where, well, I don't want to walk around like I'm hearing voices or something. People who hear from God make me nervous. People who don't hear from God make me nervous. See, we got to be able to hear from God. His Word. Isaiah said, it. there'll be a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. When you turn to the left or to the right, God's Word coming up alive inside of your spirit saying, whoa! And you being able to hear that. And as you begin to develop that ability to hear God, to let your spirit begin to direct your life, you begin to sow to your spirit. Just think about it for just a minute. I know it, 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 can, it can seem awkward to, 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 a, to a mind that's just been inundated with carnality. What if I learned to hear God? What if when I, when, when I was going into a situation, going into an office meeting, going into something and I stopped and I sat down and I just prayed first? What if I, I decided, you know, for, for the next 30 days, I'm not going to make one decision without praying first and expecting God to direct me? And I'm going to respond when in my spirit, when, when, I've, when I just feel led one way or the other. That's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to try to obey the, the leading of the Spirit. What, what if we learned to hear God? What if you got ready to say something and you heard in your spirit, you heard it say, shh. It might save you. It might save your marriage. Might save your bank account. Might, might catapult you to a different level of victory. If you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap life. You're going to reap life. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to reap life. You've got to hurry. Matthew 6, 33. Check it out. We know it. Seek first of all, aim at and strive after, first of all, His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right. What are we looking for? Our way or His way? we got to go after His way now. Because when we do it our way, when we sow to the flesh, we reap ruin, decay, destruction. When we do it His way, we reap Zoe, God life, eternal life. So I got to go after him. Well, he wouldn't ask me to seek something that he was hiding from me. God wants to reveal himself. Remember Jeremiah 33, 3, call me and I will answer you, show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Hidden things, fenced in things, things you couldn't possibly know. God wants to bring revelation to our lives. We got to seek after it. We got we to go to God. We got to trust God that when I pray and go after you, Lord, that you're going to come and meet with me. 
David said, you know, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and he answered me and delivered me. What's more valuable to us? You know, if you just stop and think about it, sometimes, even in the middle of a worship service like we had tonight, for some people, their conversation is more valuable than the presence of God. Sometimes, you know, what, what's more valuable to us? Uh, what's the greatest thing that's on our mind? Is it our current condition or the end result that God has promised? So we can't let ourselves be deceived. We can't deceive ourselves. We, we got to not worry about, well, people might see me in a different way and start valuing, I might see God face to face. What's more valuable to you? Making certain that you win according to your definition or making sure that his kingdom is advanced regardless of cost? What's more valuable to us? If we seek first the kingdom of God, he said, everything else that you're worried about, it's going to be added back to you. It's, you're not going to lose. But you've got, you got to value the Spirit more than anything else. We are graced with a purpose. You're graced with a purpose. And it is to advance His kingdom. It really isn't about us. But it's about His kingdom. The kingdom of God. God's grace not only ensures our forgiveness, it not only grants us entrance to heaven, but it also empowers us with His nature. It empowers us to live lives that are righteous, that God's way of doing and being right is possible. His grace empowers us to demonstrate Satan's defeat. His grace empowers us to bring heaven into the earth. Remember Jesus earlier in Matthew 6, and we're going to put it up tonight. Matthew 6, verse 9. Remember the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Look at the next verse. Thy kingdom come. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done. His will's got to be more valuable to me than my own. Why would the enemy be messing with our ability to trust? Because if we don't trust God, we're never going to put his kingdom first. You're not going to put others first until you have the ability to trust that you're going to be okay. I'm not going to trust people who will take advantage of me. I'm not going to forgive people who will hurt me again. I can't forget. By the way, the Bible never told you to forget. Told you to forgive. There's a bunch of stuff I ain't ever going to forget. But I'm not going to let the past dictate our future. I'm going to walk into the future with a little bit of wisdom, though. Right? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth. Like it is in heaven. I want to, I want to bring heaven into the earth. Said, I, I, want to, I want to bring what's going on in heaven. I want to permit what's, going, what's permitted in heaven. That's what I want to permit in my life. And, and, and I want to abolish what is abolished in heaven. I want it to be abolished in my life. So I've got to focus on developing my ability to trust God. Because if I don't trust Him, I'm going to have a hard time obeying Him. And if I don't obey Him, 
it's going to be impossible to please him. And if I can't please him, I'm going to live my life, not the life. And if I live my life and not the life, I'm never going to know real victory. I'm never going to know real power. I'm never going to know great breakthrough. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see it. I, I'm going to hear about it. I, I might even, you know, every once in a while get a whiff of the aroma. But it, I'm not going to experience the life that Jesus came to connect me to. I've got to develop my trust in God. You know what's really awesome, and I'm going to close, but what's really awesome is that trusting God... Do a study this week. Go, go get, in your, get in your Bible. Go, go to you know, BibleGateway.com or BlueLetterBible.org. Or, and and do, do a study this week on all the different scriptures that talk about trust. Put your entire trust. I love, I love Acts 16.31 in the message. It says, put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. Then you'll live life the way you're supposed to in your whole household too. Put your entire trust. You realize that if I put my entire trust in God, I don't have any trust left. For anything else. So I don't have to worry about being able to trust people. I don't have to be worried about trying to trust the economy. Why? Well, because my entire trust is in Him. And if I put my entire trust in Him, then when the enemy you know, sows that thought in my mind, you can't trust them, I can say, I don't care. Because my destiny, my future is not in your hands. Right? Your future is not in my hands. It's in God's hands. So we can just trust God. Keep an eye on each other. But we can just trust God. I, I, I can just put it all in Him. And if I can just learn to trust God, do you realize the power that suddenly becomes available to my life? Because now, what used to cause me to stop when I was wanting to obey, but couldn't. That's no longer an issue now. Because my heart's right, your heart's right. Our problem, yes, we, we live lives in, in different levels of disobedience, but the reality is, is that disobedience is the byproduct. The root is trust. So when I learned to put my entire trust in Jesus, all of a sudden, what I couldn't do before, now I can do. Well, that sounds like grace to me. Now, now I am empowered by the grace of God to do exactly what he said. And when I do what he said, he produces what he promised every single time. All of a sudden, where I wasn't a threat to the darkness anymore, now I am. Because I'm not trying to live a life of self-preservation. It doesn't make any difference what happens to my life. Oh, there, there might be moments when, when I kick and pout, but I'm lowing as I go in, Right? Because I'm learning to let go. We're learning to sacrifice ourselves, put ourselves, you know, to be a living sacrifice on the altar of God. You know, the problem with that verse is present your body a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice can get up and walk off the altar. But the more that we learn to trust God, see, all of a sudden, all of a sudden we're in a different realm now. We're in a different realm now. Have you ever wanted to do something and you knew it was right? That every time you tried it, you couldn't even really get started? Or maybe it was something you wanted to stop doing that you really knew was wrong, that every time you went to stop, you started over. Have you ever found yourself in that conundrum? You know, there was a dude that wrote 
a big chunk of the Bible who said, you know, I find my, the thing I don't want. That's what I find myself doing. And the thing I do, want, I can't do it except by the grace of God. And when we learn to trust, when we develop that muscle, that trust muscle, we put ourselves in a whole new world. And what was impossible yesterday is done tomorrow. Amen? Close your book, bow your head, and let me pray for you.